Hello everyone and welcome to the Wheel Sports Podcast. I'm your host Jason Hassett and this week we've got a very special guest. But as always, we're going to let the guest introduce himself because, well, he knows himself better than I do. So Juan, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself to the lovely people. Thank you, Jason. Nice to nice to be here. So uh, yeah, I'm uh, JM Correa, a Formula 2 driver, born in Ecuador, racing uh, under an American flag. So born in Ecuador, raced in Miami. Uh, and yeah, uh, I have a, a pretty interesting uh, career and story, which I'm sure we'll get into. But uh, yeah, first time on the Wheel Sports uh, podcast, so glad glad that you invited me. Amazing. We could probably confuse a lot of the people by uh, you know, an ECRL podcast in in Espanol, no? <laughs> yeah, we can. We can, Is that, yeah. we can do it in Spanish. <laughs> See. Yeah. I'm sure that confuse everybody because I speak uh, fluent Spanish living here in Mexico. Obviously, probably not as good as yours. I but, didn't. You I know. didn't know you lived in Mexico. Okay, so that's uh, that, that's why you were yeah. just telling me that you went to football in, in Mexico. I thought you had traveled there. No, no, that would I'd be much more tired. I think if I was just back from a flight. Yeah. But no, I'm Irish. But uh, but I've been living in Mexico kind of on and off for a few years. Okay. So, nice. Uh, my wife, my wife's from here, so we have a daughter and everything here. So beautiful. So my Spanish is not perfect, but it's good enough to to go to bars and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> good, yeah. So maybe on the second uh, edition, we can do a full uh, Spanish uh, episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, or sometimes I'll because I think you're starting a podcast now as well, right? Nah, that's so, uh, okay. that, that was just a bit of uh, of clickbait, you know, the good good old ah, okay. clickbait because people wanted me to to start a podcast, so we were just kind of uh, making a joke <laughs> about it. <laughs> Uh, okay, yeah. I was I was thinking when I saw that I was like you should do it live while racing. That'll be way more fun. Yeah, than just over the radio. I would I would lose <laughs> my racing license and, and the team would kick me out. <laughs> yeah. So if you don't mind, obviously one of the things I'd like to touch on, and you know I'm sure you get asked about it all the time, so we won't spend too long on it. But um, obviously you've had an incredible road back to to Formula Two um, mm-hmm. over the last couple of years, but just. One thing I wonder, and I guess you're the perfect person to ask on this, is that just the crash that you had, what was that like in the moment? Like, that must have just been... Like, do you actually... Question for you. Do, do you actually, like, see that coming, or is it just a blip before the before the crash? You, you see it coming, but quickly. Um, and, and you only have time to sort of react uh, unconsciously, you know? Uh, yeah. And then everything really happened... Uh, extremely quick and was very violent um you, you, I, I can't yeah. under uh state how uh, <laughs> i can't overstate Crazy. sorry uh, how, how uh violent it was and the pain was immediate and yeah I, you know within a couple seconds the crash has stopped the, the car is upside down stopped uh, moving and uh you just kind of jump into this um survival instinct mode where yeah. in my case you know i undid my straps started crawling out of the car and uh it's all just kind of unfolding there and within all the shock and the pain and uh yeah you're just trying to process it all at the same time yeah because I, I remember seeing it on tv and it was just like even watching it it was so quick that kind of i think it's hard for us as viewers to imagine what that's like because it was like a lacy went out hubert kind of swerved to avoid yeah obviously you did as well i think you had a puncture as well over the debris if i remember correctly no a piece of um a piece of alessi's debris went hit my front wing and my wing got detached and went under my car so my front tires were up in the air so i was just kind of like sitting on my own front wing 
and uh, yeah, I was, yeah. A, I was a passenger. As soon as that happened, I was a passenger, and I, I hit the brakes, but it was only the rear tires that were touching the ground, and it wasn't enough to, to slow me down. Wow, insane, insane. Yeah, because at that point, if your tires are up in the air, that's it. You're that's it. Yeah. completely out of control. Yeah. yeah. Um, really, like, really, really awful day for, uh, obviously, Hubert. And, uh, but I, I guess we could say you're lucky to have survived, but still just a crazy road to recovery, right, after that. So you, if I remember correctly, you fractured both legs? Yeah, so I had multiple fractures on, on both lower legs. Uh, pretty much every every bone from my knee down in both legs was fractured. Um, I had a couple vertebrae uh, fractured as well, a couple ribs, and then a lot of uh, internal damage to my organs just from the, the sheer impact that, that I, I had and, and from the pressure the belts exerted on all of my chest. So yeah, yeah. yeah the, the legs were, were the worst visibly, but internally the, the lungs started to collapse a few days after the, the accident. And that's what made me have to be put in an induced coma. So it, it was the lungs actually collapsing. Jesus. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. So, I, wow. Okay. So, yeah, just, I, I don't, I, like I said, I didn't want to spend too much time on that because I know it's a, one, it's probably something you get asked about all the time, right? And two, you want to focus on more positive stuff, like the fact that you're back in F2, which in itself is incredible. Um, but yeah, so you, you went, obviously you were performing incredibly well in, in 2019. If I remember, there was second place in Baku, right? And then second place in La Castellet. Yeah. Some really amazing performances. Um, and then after the accident and after the recovery, you went back to F3 again? If, if I remember correctly. Correct, yeah. So yeah, when, when I when I came back, well, when I decided to come back and I was sort of ready physically, um, I took the decision to step down to F3 and, and restart from there for, for a few reasons. So F3 was a lot less uh, physically demanding to drive and okay. a, a lot... Yeah. Um, the season started later and ended earlier. So I had yeah. less time to be in the season and more time to do other surgeries because I was still not done with surgeries. I mean, I had multiple surgeries still to do, a lot of rehab to be done. So it was a lot of the yeah. timing that, that made more sense. I think F2 would have simply not been possible. So, so you were still going through surgeries while going back into F3? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the year wow. of F3, okay. I had a few surgeries throughout the year. Uh, and I, I was, during the, the season, I was basically combining being like a rehab patient and a driver and trying to manage both of those things because I was still like for, for the first half of that year I was not able to walk like without a cane you know uh, it, it was pretty bad and then the pain was really bad all the time as well wow so, so you can't walk without a cane but you're driving like 150 miles an hour around racetracks <laughs> yeah well <laughs> believe it or not driving driving is easier than walking for the lane so that kind of worked out <laughs> So is it is it like the I imagine with F three as well, just the, the G forces are less obviously than, than F two, right? So that's probably part of the reason it was easier to kinda of um, take the step back. Yeah, it's or just is it more it's about just, the pedals and it's just a less physical car than the F two. You know, the F two is heavier. Uh one thing that makes a big difference in the F two, you have the, the high profile new wheels, uh that, that make the car really stiff. So the steering wheel is, is yeah, really yeah. heavy in the F two, like extremely heavy. Okay. The races are longer. Right, right. Uh, so just yep. everything, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely a step up physically compared to F3. So 
I was already barely able to to drive and finish a race in F3. <laughs> so I, I think we definitely made the right call of, of, of stepping back down there and, and giving myself a bit of time to to just feel okay inside a car again. Amazing. Yeah, well, I think that's proof, isn't it? That like racing car drivers are built differently. Because I think if I like broke a finger, I'd be like, yeah, I can't work for six weeks. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> you guys are like, yeah, look, I'm still in surgery, walking with a cane, but put me in the car, I'll be fine. You know? <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so <laughs> I, 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 I see, I see what, what you mean. Uh, the, the thing, <laughs> you know, I really felt like if I wanted to come back to racing, I couldn't lose one more season. I, I felt like that okay. was like a defining factor yeah. already. Uh, you know, in, in racing, people forget very quickly who you are and you're only as good as your last result. We always say that like, yeah. Um, so for me to be at the, at the height of my career, which is where I was, then have this yeah. crazy accident be out. Most people in the racing world, they thought I was never going to come back. Like that, that would have been like the normal uh, route to, to, to take after, yeah. after something like that. So I wanted to be back as quickly as possible to kind of keep my name up there because, you know, I, I was one of the yeah. young guys coming up, um, but also to not lose so much performance. You know, every month you're not driving a car. Everybody else is driving one. They're racing. They're getting better and you're getting worse. So I really, yeah. really pushed to, to be back as soon as possible. Incredible. Yeah, no, fair play because it's, it's an amazing achievement. Like even even just getting back in the car is is an incredible achievement, I imagine. Because I'm sure, just a, a quick question on that. Was there, like the first time you got back into a race, was there any sort of hesitation? Because I've heard this from a few Formula One drivers in interviews where, you know, like for example, they're there during the Grosjean crash even, and they're not even in the crash. Mm -hmm. But getting back into the F1 car, they have to kind of mentally prep themselves because they've just seen this big accident. For you, like the first time you line back up on the grid, is there a bit of like nerves about kind of what if it happens again? Or is that mentally gone? No, there, there was a lot of that. There was a lot of that. Um, I would say f for at least the entire first season I did. Uh, and it's something that I haven't, spoken about so much uh particularly to this you know during the, my first season yeah. when i was coming back i was getting asked that question a lot you know like do you are you, are you afraid when you step into the car and my answer was always no um and and, and yeah. the afraid part was true because i was not afraid but definitely you feel a level of hesitation that was not there before simply yeah. because you know we as as, as as humans as, as as creatures we we want to survive <laughs> you know that's our instinct yeah, and when you know, yeah. and you have been through what what happened to me, you you know what can happen to you. So there's a huge conflict in your instincts and your brain of like, I'm pushing myself to go as fast as possible to be as risky as possible, but my my survival instinct is like, hold up a second, you know, like <laughs> we know what can go wrong. So yeah, yeah. there there was a bit of that, and 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 I had to work on it, um, and and it was mainly like just time and and confidence uh, overcame it. And uh, yeah. now I, I, I can, I would say like, I'm definitely more cautious in, in a good way. Like I'm a smarter racer, you know, I'm involved in less yeah. accidents and I've just matured, but I am absolutely not thinking about the crash uh, anymore when, when I'm in the car and that's not something that, that is in my head. Yeah. No, I just wondered because it's like, for example, I was in a, like a small, I say small crash, the car ended up on its roof, but it wasn't like, you know, there was... Uh, punctures on two sides and the car flipped managed to gain control 
flipped over. We were all fine. But uh, I remember like even for a week or two after that, whenever I was driving, I was a little bit, I'm a very confident driver. I was a little bit nervous. So when I think about you guys like crashing at these insane speeds and obviously for yourself, the insane recovery you had to go through, I can only imagine what that was like. So yeah, it's an interesting one. But look, let's, let's move on to more kind of uh, positive things. You're back in F2 now. Uh, you're with Van Amersport. Um, how do you feel the season's going for you? Is it kind of a season to get back into F2 or, or what's, what's your kind of feeling this year? Yeah, it's, it's, I would say basically a rookie season back in F2. Um, uh, you know, my 2019, the part of the season I did in 2019 doesn't, uh, apply much to, to what I'm experiencing now in F2. The category has changed quite a bit. Um, the level, in my opinion, is is higher as well. And it's a new team for me. So there's there's a lot of, of new things, new tracks too. Uh, we, we've been to two new tracks out of the three races, so uh, Jeddah and, and Melbourne. So, of course, yeah, yeah it, it's been it's been positive. Uh, very difficult, as, as I was expecting. Um, but I, I must say, like, the, the work we have done with the team, the feeling, especially I'm getting in the car, the efficiency I feel I have and the potential we, we, we've showed has been really good. We just haven't okay. really had a clean weekend up to now, which is a bit of, you know, it's, it's how F2 works, you know, like one weekend yeah. you can win a race, the next weekend you're qualifying P20 and uh, DNFing. <laughs> so it's very uh, difficult to be consistent. There's work we, we have to do, both me and the team, but um, it's going definitely in the, in the right direction and I, I am confident that good results will come uh, this, this season. Yeah, because the, the team you're with is Van Amersport, right? So they're obviously very new to F2 themselves as well. So I guess it's, they, was it 2021, I think they joined F2, right? Obviously, they've been around F3 and so on for a long time. So tw 2022. Uh, uh, oh, okay, right. Yeah, they're only on their second season. <laughs> so very, very young okay. team. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of learning. So it's, it's yourself kind of adapting back to Formula 2 and they're just learning Formula 2 as well. So yeah. I'm yeah, in, in a way, we're in um, one of the reasons why I felt this was a good match when, when I signed with them was we're in a similar position. Like, I'm trying to learn, become more efficient, you know, get experience and uh, sort of surprise some people. Uh, and, and they're trying to do the same. And, and they're just as hungry. And it's a, a team with a lot of potential, a lot of internal talent. Mm -hmm is just trying to piece it together and, and start to build the base from from the little experience and time they've had in, in this category and uh, they're doing a good job yeah i think that's something maybe people don't understand if they watch f2 because you just see kind of that it's a spec series and all the cars are supposedly the same mm -hmm. but it's a lot more complex than that because obviously you know they've got data different setups there's just so much they have to learn about the cars it's not just you know basically okay uh, Juan Manuel is in the same car as, as um, say, Vesti. It's like mm. you know, different setups, different understandings. Yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. No, it's it's very complex. You can you can run a Formula Two car in a thousand different setups, and uh, many of those will be probably just as quick, but drive in a completely different way, different feeling, adapt better and worse to different tracks. So it's uh, it's very complex. If if it was as simple as you know putting the car on the ground, teams wouldn't spend the millions of dollars they spend on engineers and development and data. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it, there's a lot into it. Yeah, exactly. But I think, I think Van Amersport, I mean, they have a lot of, uh, a big history in, in, um, 
in single-seater racing. I, I think they started in like 1985 or something. I think there's a big history there for yeah. that team in terms of like F4 and F3. So I have no doubt that if, if any team can kind of start making their way up, they're one of them. Um, yeah. Just like I think MP Motorsport as well have been a team that kind of came out of nowhere the last few years. So, Well, yeah, you, you, yeah. It, it's funny you say that because uh, <laughs> for, for people that follow the series, maybe they think, yeah, oh, they came out of nowhere, but they have been working on, on that program and becoming um, competitive for years. And they have had a lot yeah. of effort and investment from, from owners or partners and they, they've done a great job. So yeah, I, I think VAR is trying to do the same thing. Uh, yeah. I, I don't see a reason why not, you know, they just need a bit of time. Um, if, if they're able to continue in, in the trend they're going and, and, and get good drivers, I think that's really, really important for, for a Formula 2 team, get drivers that can help the team develop. I'm sure in a few years, VAR can be considered a top team. Yeah, I think there's no reason not to. They they seem to have everything kind of working in the right direction. So, yeah, hopefully by then, though, you'll be in an F1 car, right? That's probably the, the hope, though. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I hope I can see them win in F2 when I'm in F1. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, actually, just, just to touch on that. So, um, you were, if I remember correctly, back in 2019, you were with the, was it the Alfa Romeo or Sauber Academy? Sauber, at that yes. point. And then did you rejoin them or, or what's happening there? So what's the kind of, so if you don't mind me asking. Yeah, no, it's fine. It's 2019, I was their, um, their development driver. So I, mm -hmm. it was actually already Alfa Romeo Formula One team, but I was a okay. part of the yeah. Sauber Junior team. So that was like the Sauber Alfa Romeo oh. Academy. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. That ended when, when I had the accident. Uh, I came back, I kept a tie, you know, with, with Sauber mm -hmm. and I was part of the Sauber Academy uh, the first two years in, in F3. This year we haven't continued because the Sauber Academy doesn't really, is, is not a very active academy, you know. So yeah. I, I think my, my ties with the team are still very strong. Um, but until I position myself in contention for an F1 seat... I don't think there is a reason to to stay uh, officially in the academy, you know. So at the moment, yeah, um, I'm I'm not thinking about that. My my main focus is to position myself uh, in F2 to become a contender for an F1 seat in, in in the future. So then we will see what uh, what academy or what team that can be with. Yeah. So the the goal, I guess, for you is to kind of have a couple of seasons in F2 and and kind of get yourself to that level again and show what you can do. Is kind of the plan. Yeah, that that is the plan uh, to to do this season uh, as a learning and, and uh, you know the experience. Hopefully, repeat uh, another year in F two, mm -hmm. and try to get the results on that year that uh, that can hopefully push me to an F one senior. Yeah, and I guess with with the Sauber Academy as well, that team is going through big changes because they're turning into Audi now anyway. So yeah. It probably it probably wouldn't make a difference for the time being anyway um yeah. yeah the the good good news is as well for for young drivers like yourself i suppose as well as we may have some new teams on the grid soon as well because i think andretti's looking to get in so yeah that's uh that's been the whole thing the, the last uh year or so about new teams coming in um yeah me you know i can just give you my point of view um, as a young driver, of course, the more teams, the better, because it means there are more opportunities for young guys like me. So, um, 
hopefully they can get that worked out. Uh, I know it's not as simple as that. There's economics and, and politics into it, which is normal. Um, but yeah, it would be cool. Also because Andretti is a, an American team. I'm an American driver. Yeah. So who knows? <laughs> exactly. Perfect. Yeah. Maybe you and you and Daniel Ricardo, right? Because he's like a, an honorary American. Yeah. Or, or me and Logan, you know, <laughs> the, the, the two Americans in, in F1 with Andretti. <laughs> Logan Sargent, like, obviously, I know this is a podcast with Juan Manuel Correa, but to touch on Logan Sargent, he has been incredibly impressive this year. I really was not expecting to, like, of the rookies that came in, Logan Sargent, I was like, I think it's going to be Piastri, DeVries, and Sargent. And now I'm wondering how close Sargent can get to Piastri. So, yeah, I think I, you and Sargent in a team would be, would be a nice lineup to watch. So, so who, has been, um, who has been the most impressive rookie in your opinion? For me so far, and I, there's a little bit of recency bias because Sargent had that, what was a silly touch with uh, De Vries in Australia. Yeah. Like, I think he could have easily avoided that. But look, mistakes happen. Albon had a silly mistake the same weekend as well. So yeah. um, I think De Vries for me, he's not really a, a rookie, I suppose, in some ways. Like he's a Formula E champion. Mm-hmm. Um, but he hasn't been that impressive. But I don't know if that's the car because... The car hasn't been great, but the only benchmark I have there is Sonoda, mm. and Sonoda's been Sonoda's been really impressive. So, uh, De Vries I would put at the bottom of the three, yeah. which I'm surprised about saying because mm. I, I thought he would have been at the, like the top of my list almost. Yeah, I would probably say at the moment it's been Sargent just because he's been doing like just really outperforming that car. Mm. I know you can't outperform the car, but you know he's been on well, point. He's been, yeah, he's been up there with Albon. Piastri, I reckon, by the end of the season probably will be the most impressive. Mm-hmm. But that McLaren has not been letting him show what he can do. Yeah. But the fact that he's been close to Lando Norris, that's been the impressive point for me. Yeah. Um, what about yourself? What, what are you thinking of the? the uh, no, yeah, I think I think I think you're right. Uh, it's it's difficult to judge. Uh, yeah. We will see. We will see. I, th- I think. I think you can't judge a rookie until the end of the year because one of the biggest challenges of being a rookie in F one, from what I've seen, is making sure you improve through through the whole season. And sometimes you start yeah. off like, oh, you know, better than people expect, and then you kind of plateau. Um, so let, let's ask me at the end of the year, and uh, I'll give you a better answer. <laughs> Yeah, and that, that's the problem for me as well, because it's like uh, with Piastri, for example, Ast- or McLaren seemed to have serious issues with the first couple of races. Like last year as well, they had two really bad races and then Australia was okay. This year was kind of similar. And also they massively improved throughout the season. So for me, it's going to be really interesting just to see how close Piastri can get to Norris over mm-hmm. the course of a season. Yeah, Because like we all assumed, and I'm sure, I'm, sure you were probably the same that ricardo would come in and at least for a while be showing norris how good he is Mm -hmm. and that just didn't happen so i think piastri's in this at the moment he's in this nice place where as long as he's close to norris it's good enough but if he starts beating norris for piastri that's like you know yeah he could easily get moved up to a top team within a year or two yeah i could see that happening yeah yeah yeah. no i I think he's in a good position there um hopefully they can uh, be more competitive. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree. 
Well, I just want to ask you one last thing, right? And then we'll jump on to, I think, like some Baku talk about F1 and, and F2 for yourself, right? But one thing that uh, I just did want to make sure I cover, because otherwise we'll talk about Baku for half an hour and I'll just completely forget to ask. Your insanity of coming back into racing after that recovery, you didn't decide just to do an F2 and F3 return. You did some endurance racing as well. Yeah. <laughs> so I did... <laughs> I did, um, last year was my first endurance experience together with F3. I did, uh, part of the ELMS championship, the, okay. with, with Prema racing. So I don't know if you know, but I, I raced with Prema back in 2016 and 17 formula four. They were my first okay. uh, formula team. Right. Um, so I had this really kind of uh, random but but cool opportunity with them they entered endurance they were looking for for a driver and uh, we were like okay let's let's try it um so it was it was a double program unfortunately i i fractured my foot at the beginning of the season last year so i missed the first two races with them but i was able to do the last two which were spa and uh portimao and uh, we we won portimao it, it was really cool so I, I enjoyed it and this year they are fielding two cars in the World Endurance Championship, and they okay. they asked me to to come again and and do part of the season, whatever I could, you know. We, we, yeah, I was yeah. not committed to to F two, <laughs> so that's four four of the seven rounds that I'm doing. So I had the first race uh, last week in in Portugal, and uh, a yeah. lot of fun, a lot of fun. I, I I didn't think I was gonna be driving an endurance uh at, at this stage in my career especially not combining it with like f2 and f3 but when yeah. the opportunity came i was like why not last year it was not an issue at all for me to adapt from one car to another and jump between weekends if anything it helped me to be honest just to yeah. stay active so this year i i was like yep yeah, let's let's do it the more races the better for me so i'm, I'm doing <laughs> a total of 18 race weekends over, over the year plus tests and and media commitments and everything so it's, it's pretty busy yeah yeah no sorry and sorry to any listeners who are like were they not just talking about f1 but i was i kind of looked to my right and i had some notes and i was like i forgot to ask about the endurance and i will forget if we don't keep because i yeah. when i was like when i was thinking we're doing this podcast you know i was um i was like oh i better just make sure i have some notes right and then i forgot you tried some endurance and i was like that is ridiculous like especially after you were saying it was like oh i had to recover a little bit in formula three and and then it's like but i'm gonna jump in a car for eight hours as well like <laughs> it's insane yeah absolutely insane. yeah but but it's 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 a less physical car actually than um yeah than the f2 and f3 i found the hardest thing in endurance is mainly like the heat inside the car and then just to stay concentrated for a long period of time it's, it's new to me that you know last week in portimao I went out, I did the start of the race, so did uh, two stints, which is an hour 20 in, in the car, mm-hmm. came out, I was sweating, man, I was red like an <laughs> apple, and the uh, engineer was like, yep, you're in again in an hour, and uh, two hours or something, and I was like, oh my god, yeah. like, I need I need some ice, you know, so I was there, like, eating <laughs> pasta, you know, trying to get some fuel back, <laughs> drinking water, and out I was, and, and I finished the race in another double stint. So that was that was pretty cool, and uh, I'll be doing Le Mans in uh, in June. So that is really exciting for me as well. Amazing, oh, I, I, you're crazy. I, I'm gonna stay at my keyboard. I think that's probably the best thing to do for me. Um, I work on my my hand movement or something. Um, 
So, yeah, so looking ahead to Baku then, let's jump into that because we've got a lot to talk about in terms of Baku and F2, F3. Um, apart from yourself, let's start with F2. Apart from yourselves, or like, well, no, where do, you, where do you think you can get to this weekend in Baku? What's your goal? And um, if you say win the race, I'm going to say, well, obviously. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's possible for sure. That's what, that's yeah. what I, I aim every weekend. But I, I do think, you know, we, we could be coming out of Baku with, with podium and, and good points. Um, okay. Like I said, I, I feel we've had good speed. Um, mm -hmm. We just need to put the weekend together, start off strong on, on the free practice. That's That has been kind of our weakest link so far oh, this season. The, the practice, like, they're, we're trying to figure out why, but I'm struggling to uh, get comfortable with a car initially. And then through yeah. the week, in F two, it's really it's really quick in, isn't it? You yeah, guys have to jump like straight in almost. The, yeah. the way the way I see it is, free practice is basically like your Q one. You know, if you're not yeah. on it in free practice, you're you're gonna be a step behind through the rest of the weekend. So uh, if we can get that sorted, and I can feel comfortable and be competitive in free practice, you know, we we should aim for like a top top eight quali, get that reverse grid, score points, maybe a podium. And then work our way up to maybe like a podium position in, in the future race. That would be a, a pretty ideal weekend for us. Amazing. Yeah, and I, I think probably the fact that there's been almost a four-week break now um, after kind of three quick successions, probably good for the team, right? They can go back and look at the data and kind of look at the setups and figure figure out what the best steps are. So, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Because I, I guess, yeah, um, Formula One has the same problem this weekend, right? Where it's like... FP1 straight into qualifying and you guys are the same it was always like FP1 straight into qualifying so yeah, yeah. well they, they still get I think their FP1 is still like an hour and a half our FP1 is uh, 40 minutes or something so they still have a massive <laughs> that's, that's lots of, that's loads of time <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, we're talking about probably three good push laps and uh, three yep. bad push laps with, with bad tires so that's yep. all you get and then you're straight into it in quality so it's different. Yeah, and There's I guess no other category in the world like it. I'll tell you that. Yeah, and I, I guess like you said, if if you're on the back foot in FP1 like that, it's just the struggle for the whole weekend then, right? Because you've got like you're into the the sprint and then feature, and you're on the back foot trying to pass through an entire field. Yeah. Um, I guess Baku though should be. Yeah, well, the F2 is always more overtaking, but I, I suppose Baku's a good one for overtaking anyway, right? So hopefully, yeah. even if you have a bad qualifying. Baku's um, a track that I think you just kind of have to stay on track, stay alive, uh, be, be very <laughs> smart, you know, because yeah, uh, I remember there in 2019, I, I had an issue with the current qualifying. I was last, I believe. And in the race, I just sort of kept to myself, made a few passes, uh, waited for everybody else to go off or crash. And I finished P6 or P7 in, in the feature race. Uh, and and then I got the reverse grid uh, starting position for for the sprint because back then it was first the, the, you have first the feature race and then the sprint race, and that's where I finished right. second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. Um, we'll see. Yeah, that, that's going to be my approach this week. But I I I am going to push quite hard in free practice and quality to at least start uh, start in the front. Yeah, and I guess you've had three races now. Kind of get get the grass a bit with the car, and it's like time to kind of hammer time now right 
<laughs> yeah, well, I mean, uh, it's not that I've been, uh, you know, kind of uh, chilling. And... No, I mean, no, no, I don't. <laughs> okay, now, now I, I don't mean it. I don't mean it like uh, that. No, I, know, but, uh, <laughs> I just mean it's it's a few races to adapt to the car. And, yeah, you know, obviously I, I, it's I think take that time. I think it's also like uh, understanding sort of the window that I work well with a car. So we need to have the car in this sort of setup, this window, this yeah. dealing. And my uh, my style works well with that, and I feel comfortable, which is you know probably different than Richard, uh, my teammate. He has a little bit of a different window, so we're kind of uh, learning from each other, the team and I. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. Well, hopefully we'll see you on the podium this weekend. That would be class. That would be uh, cool. Be yeah, I hope watch. so. Yeah. Be a good way to clip podcast out as well. It's like I'm hoping for a podium and then show the podium. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. On on the grid of F two, then who who's like, who are the guys you're watching that you kind of think are you know, the guys that you think are going to be going to Formula One along with you? What's your man this year? This year there's there's a lot of good guys. F two is really packed with talent. Um, I I was I was thinking that it's a, it's a tough year for you to come back, right? Like you've got Iwasa, Martins, Porcher. Yeah, you you have Actually, you have a lot of like guys that are on their second or third season um i think it'd be easier to talk about the ones that aren't impressive to be honest because that's less <laughs> yeah i mean uh, you know i i think i honestly out of the whole field i think 99 no 95 percent of the field is probably gonna end up winning a race or, or doing podiums this year 95 yeah are competitive i mean it's crazy like even like you know Ralph Boschong, he's having an amazing season. So I mean, far. he's between the championship, no? Or he yeah, still won, like, I think. Like, yeah, Ralph. This is his like fifth, fifth season as well, right? He's just. I like, don't. He, I don't know. I don't know. He, he, yeah, he's done a few seasons, but uh, yeah, he's doing super he's well. Amazing, Campos, you know, yeah. also one thing in F two that's happening, like all of the teams are are sort of competitive now. Like uh, the top teams are still, I would say, a bit more consistent week in week out. Mm-hmm. But every single team in in the paddock can be quick uh, on a given weekend. So yeah. I think I read a stat the other day. Maybe I'm wrong, but we've had ten different uh, podium finishers or something like already. Like more than half of the grid has already finished in the podium or something. It was something. I wouldn't. It wouldn't yeah. surprise me because I'm trying to think through the the last few results and yeah, it's been a mix of people. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you have. I mean. At the moment, I think uh, Yumi was is leading the championship, and he's on his second year. Dams is obviously a competitive uh, team, and and they seem strong. You have uh, Theo, who is is quite strong in the RT. Victor has been impressive as as a rookie as his, well. His qualifying lap in in Jeddah was that was impressive. insane. Yeah, yeah, that that genuinely when I was watching him go around, I was like, this reminds me of remember Verstappen's lap in twenty twenty one just before he. Up until he hit the wall, but yeah. like that, it just watching him was like watching someone just. I was incredible, incredible. Yeah. Unfortunately, his race didn't go quite as well, but yeah, I suppose that. Yeah, that yeah. He ended up having a tough weekend actually, but uh, yeah, there, there's a lot, there's a lot. So, I I think that's probably good for you though as well, right? Because like for example, if you win a couple of races, get a few podiums, like it's not like you're in a season where it's like oh there wasn't that much competition. You know what I mean? You've come yeah. into a season where you've got a really strong grid, you know? Um, 
so yeah because i think like for example they nick devries i think gets some criticism for that where it's like yeah he won a championship but it wasn't like wasn't that difficult of a year if that makes sense which um, i think is unfair it, to yeah me. it is unfair like you you can't yeah. uh you can't say that and uh really how do you judge you right like what is the level yeah. like f2 is i don't f2. i don't agree with it but i think that is kind of a, you know it's one of those things people say yeah. Whereas I think for you this year, nobody can say that. You can't be like, well, there wasn't much competition this year. It's like, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it's definitely <laughs> one of the few years where I think everybody agrees that the level is really high. So yeah. that, that does mean something. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I know there's at least a few drivers out of this grid that are going to go to F1. So we're all fighting to be that, that one. So <laughs> we will see in a few years, but uh, it's, it's definitely a, a good school. E- even if it's not for F1, I'm sure if you're competitive in, in this category, you will, uh, you will have success in whatever you do afterwards as a driver. Yeah. I, I think, look, the fact that you're back in F2, pushing towards it, I mean, hopefully you get an F1 seat. I think the problem with F1 now, though, is just there's so few seats and they don't seem to be moving people up as quickly as they used to in the past. So... It's definitely a lot more competitive. Yeah, it's, um, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. But hey, uh, I think you'll get there. And if not, maybe we'll see you as like a Formula E champion in a few years. huh? <laughs> so Who knows? Yeah. Well, <laughs> Formula E, endurance, you have IndyCar. So there, there are good options out there and other really cool categories to, to race in. Personally, I'm rooting for F1, though, because I think it'd be a comeback story of, you know, it's a pr- that's a proper comeback story you have there. You yeah. I mean, to that. Thank you. That's no, I, those. I hope so too. I hope so too. That's that's the goal. So let let's chat about F one. What who do you think this weekend? Do you think it's gonna be another Max Verstappen win or are you expecting something else? <laughs> to be honest, I haven't even had time to think about that. <laughs> uh, I'm so busy with, with my own season. Uh, <laughs> I guess it's gonna be Max. Uh he seems quite unbeatable at, at the moment. So um yeah, I would put my money on Max. Uh, Checo seems to do well in in street circuits, so yeah. maybe he he can uh, surprise us and uh, maybe get a pole. I don't know. That would be cool again. That would be amazing. Yeah. Uh, I think the more interesting part is who will finish behind. You know, how are, how Ferrari going to be? What teams are going to do a step up? Um, when you have a bit of time in between races, that's usually when upgrades start arriving. Um, teams sort of start changing their the, the, the way they set up the car and they have some time to analyze. So could be a, an interesting weekend. And I'm sure the race is going to be very entertaining because Baku is just, uh, it's a show. <laughs> yeah, we've got a sprint weekend as well, which is just insane. So yeah, um, I think they've, they've, they're changing it as well, aren't they? So the sprint is going to be completely separate. So it's going to be like two qualifying sessions, um, which is going to be interesting. Oh, I, I, okay. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't know that. Is that going to be already? Yeah. For so, weekend? They, 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 yeah. It, it seems so. I think they're doing like a final kind of um, talk between the teams on Wednesday or something to confirm it. That was the last I heard. Um, I, I might immediately after this recording, my check, and it's like, no, they've it's put it back rough. to the next one. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, the plan apparently is to have uh, qualifying on Friday that will set the grid for the Sunday Grand Prix, mm-hmm. qualifying on Saturday for the sprint, and then the sprint is like a completely separate event, basically. Okay. Um, yeah, which is Ooh. interesting. Basically, just for points, mm. uh, which I kind of think is a bit weird. Like, if, if they're going to go that far and have the sprint completely separate with its own qualifying, why not do reverse grids like you do in F2 for the sprint? Because... Like, if you're going to go that far where it doesn't make any difference to the Grand Prix, 
a reverse grid in F1 would be cool in that situation, you know, like to, because you could then have like a, you know, a Piastri or even like a sergeant yeah. say skip through to F or to P10 and start P1 for the sprint, which, you know, you could have a messed up situation like that. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I mean, that would be entertaining to watch. I, I don't know if the teams would, uh, I don't think they like that so much because it brings no. the risk up, uh, which, yeah. It's, it's complicated, but could be could be interesting but i i heard that they were trying to do this of like separating the the the, the sprint you know and i think that's probably a good a good idea because then you can yeah. just go out there and kind of fight for for a bit of points and and you're able to risk more when when the sprint was deciding your starting position for the the feature um you, you got to be really smart about it and it can really ruin your weekend you know so it's probably a good thing. Yeah, I I guess for the teams, yeah, it is that problem of like, if there's no, if it doesn't influence the race at all and you're talking like about a few points, like eight to kind of eight down to one point, it's like how much are you going to risk it just, just for that? You know, that way it's kind of, like you're going to risk smashing a car up for the Sunday just to get six points. You know, For I mean? six points, definitely. <laughs> if... I suppose for, yeah, well, not if you're Red Bull, because they're probably, it looks like they're going to finish like a thousand points ahead of everyone, you know? <laughs> so, I don't know. Maybe for uh, I, 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 Ferrari. I still think, you're, you're telling me that Max for six points is not going to risk it? Oh, no, no, Max will. Yeah. I mean the team. The drivers will. Uh, but that, that's, is, the, that's the beauty of this sport is that only the driver out there, the team's not driving the car, so. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, that's a fair point because we did hear that last year, didn't we? That it was like, oh well, the sp- when they brought the sprint races in, sorry, in twenty twenty one, they brought the sprint races in. They were like, well, the drivers aren't going to go for it for like you know such a small amount of points. And I think we all kind of assumed that it was like, look, the teams won't want them to push, but if you put Max in the car and he's like starting in sixth, he's going to like crash into people if he has to to get to first. You know, like the driver will always go for first, right? Yeah, that's the way you guys are built. So <laughs> I think it's a. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. Um, so you haven't been you haven't been following F one massively then, obviously with everything going on. No, I, I follow. I, I watch the races. Um, just just the news, the, the the you know social media. There's a lot of things coming out. A lot of rumors all the time. <laughs> like yesterday, I had to ask my best friend if Alonso is dating Taylor Swift or not because I kept seeing all these memes. I was so confused. And I was like, am I just like that disconnected that I don't know what's happening? But that doesn't seem like it's true. And he didn't know either. He was like, I don't know. Maybe it's true. So we still haven't figured it out. I, like, I don't know what's happening. So I don't keep up with, with, with all that stuff. Yeah. Also, I, Alonso is the perfect person for a rumor like that. Because I think this morning I was on Twitter and I think there was a, there was a video Alonso had put up of him like talk, him talking or training or something. And he put a Taylor Swift song over the background. I saw, yeah, I think it was a TikTok. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I was like, that is just typical Fernando Alonso. But how how did the rumor start? Do you know? I have no idea. Like I, I'm like you. I just all of a sudden like saw on Twitter people going, "Are they dating?" I'm like, this is. To be honest, it's not the type of uh, rumors that we cover. If I'm honest, I tend to cover like like you know, <laughs> whether a team is bringing upgrades and stuff. Not you know who's dating who. Yeah, I mean that, that that's that's good. That's good. These are not the rumors we need, but uh, it's no, for good no. good entertainment for sure. 
I mean, if, if, if you don't want me wondering, on... I was like, I, I gotta find out, you know, like, what's going on. Yeah, I was going to say, if you don't mind me touching on controversy, I think that's why some people were annoyed at the Pit Stop Boys a couple of weeks ago, right? With the, yeah. I think one of them said, who cares that, about that blew the racing? Up. That blew up. <laughs> yeah. So, actually, uh, I think, when is uh, this podcast coming out, the, the one we're doing now? Uh, the full podcast will be out on Thursday this week. Okay, so, yeah, by then, I, I did a podcast with the Pit Stop Boys uh, <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's actually, I think well. it, it came out 20 minutes ago. It's supposed to be at 6 okay. p.m. London time. So um, we'll see how that goes. Like, you, you, I'm sure you'll see it, but they apologized immediately after it all happened. Like, it, it was a bit of a bad, bad choice of words. Uh, I think they had been drinking with the Screaming Meals guys and... Uh, you know, they've been I, drinking on the podcast. We could see them drinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's. I think that's the, the whole thing about the Screen Meals podcast. Like they they drink on on that podcast. So yeah. Um, yeah. I just sort of arrived there cold turkey, and I was like, "What is going on?" You know. And uh, <laughs> after the podcast, you know, like we all had dinner together, and uh, it was it was cool. And then the you know they they sent me the podcast to approve, and I saw it. And I was like, "Yeah, like I think that's fine." It's fine. And uh, then everything like just kind of started blowing up and uh yeah i was like okay i i see i see you know the the point and uh they definitely had to apologize for for some stuff i, I didn't feel so much to me to be honest because mm-hmm. people didn't see the interaction we had before and after the podcast and kind of what the vibe was they just you know? see that they just they, see they the just clip take well. a clip and for sure when you see the clips like you know my mom texted me like oh my god how can they say that and i was like mom like it, it's it's really you know that's not the full picture but uh there are some things that i I understood and the thing about the fans like they don't care about the racing i I did find that a bit like i did not agree with that you know because of course that's what we're all here for so anyway you you live and you learn and i i I think you know obviously they're they're really regretting what, what what happened and uh Hopefully, this podcast that is coming out literally right now will have a bit more of a positive reaction. Yeah, like I, I saw the, the the podcast, right? The the bit, like I saw the clips and then I was like, I'm going to watch the podcast because sometimes those clips, I was like, that's really out of context. So I'm like, yeah. what was the build up to that? And I was like, I can see why people are annoyed when you're like, no one cares about the racing. And it's like, you're talking to a guy who literally was in a crash where like easily could have died. Someone did die. He's had yeah. this recovery and you're like, no one cares. I was like, okay, I, I get it. But then also I was like, at the same time, like they were drunk. And I think in that situation as well, sometimes when people are drunk, especially, you know, um, English and us Irish people as well, sometimes we do like to just say the most outrageous thing when we're drunk. <laughs> yeah. Like you're just trying to get a reaction. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So when I saw that, I was like, he's sitting with a racing driver like I, when I'm drunk as well, would say something like, ah, no one cares about racing drivers. And you'd say it just because it's like, there's a racing driver sitting in front of me. That's Yeah, funny. just to, you know? yeah, I, I, you know? I, I, exactly. Yeah, so. So, yeah, I think we live in a world now, though, where people, I think, take things a little bit too seriously sometimes. And oh, I think yeah. the important thing there was, if you were annoyed about it, then it's like, okay, well, now it's different because it's like, they yeah. have actually upset someone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. But it, it was not it was not the case. Like, you know, I, I mm-hmm. never said anything about it and then people just started attacking them and, and, and to be honest, it, it got pretty bad with them. Like they, they were receiving like death threats and like random phone calls and you know, like pretty pretty 
pretty crazy when you when you think about the, the whole context of what we're talking about so um, <laughs> yeah like that's why that's why they they asked me if i wanted to go on the podcast and clear it up and, and i thought that was yeah. the right thing to do for them as well yeah yeah i think i think there's a few like one we kind of live in that age now don't we where people just they have to get annoyed about something and it's so easy to get annoyed about something now uh, you know, you can literally just go on Twitter and rant straight away. So people just love going on and getting involved in some hatred. Um, yeah, look, I think, yeah, like you said, what they said was a, it wasn't like, wasn't a great thing to say, but also I think that what they received was probably way more than what was necessary for, for what was said, let's be honest. Like, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. And I think there's a bit of a problem with those guys as well in terms of the pit stop boys. They're like these guys who are brand new fans to Formula One and they've grown massively. Like they're, they're huge. I think they're like hundreds of thousands of listens a week or something like they're just crazy. I did. I didn't know who they were before the podcast. Like I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, I just kind of, I, I'm telling you, I, I walked in there. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah. I, I think, I think that's the problem. What I saw straight away was I was like, I think for example, if you and me were on a podcast and I said that jokingly, right? there'd be less of an outrage because I'm like a guy with like a, you know, a decent small following, right? But these are two guys that basically admit all the time that they just started watching F1. They don't know that much about it. They say all the time. And out of nowhere, they've massively grown. Mm. So I think there is a lot of people who are just annoyed. They're like, who are these guys? Why are they getting famous? You know, and I think there is that kind of... Yeah, I saw, I saw a bit of that in, well. the, in, the, in the comments. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You know, which is just frustrating. Yeah. But yeah... Uh, the outrage to that was crazy. I was just wondering what you're... Obviously, you're like, yeah, I'm not that annoyed about it. <laughs> I mean, we, we get... If you would see my DMs and, and things people tell me, like, there are some outrageous things there. And, uh, you know, like, it's it's the internet. It, it happens. Also, um, you know very well, when you're in the public eye and you're doing podcasts and interviews, sometimes you say things that then when you look back, you're like, ooh, like, that didn't come out the way I was thinking about it in my yeah. head you know like that definitely did not come out right um and you just got to deal with the consequences because it's out there it's live and uh you know it, it's out there for the world to see so it's a, it's a price to pay for being in in in, in the spotlight I, I think yeah i think it's a good idea that you went back on you guys could have like a full conversation maybe with a bit less alcohol involved and no alcohol. <laughs> no 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 <laughs> I'm looking forward to that now. I think I'll be listening to that like straight after this. Just to see <laughs> yeah. You know, like I, I think those two guys, like I was like, this is fun. I think like they're kind of, those two guys for me, was it uh, it's Jake and Fab, is it? I think it's their names. I yes. Know that. I think it's, yeah. Um, yeah. Like to me, it's like, it's kind of one of those casual F1 podcasts and they get some good guests and I'm like, there's a place for that as well. Like obviously there's the podcast where you have the really extreme F1 fans but there are people who just kind of casually watch the sport and they need a place to go as well. So, you know, I think that's what you need. So, I mean, if, if they tapped into a market, uh, then, you know, fair, fair, fair play, I guess, you know. There's, there's a reason that, you know, literally hundreds of thousands of people listen. So exactly. you know, whether you like it or not, you know, obviously people enjoy it. So, exactly. yeah. um, so we'll finish up with something we kind of do um, for every wheel sports podcast. Um, I'm interested to do this actually because this is the first time having a racing driver on a wheel sports podcast. You're the okay. first ever racing driver on here. So, but the problem is, 
Right. How, how do I? Well, here's what we'll do. We'll do two predictions. I want to know your prediction for the podium for Formula One this weekend. And because mm-hmm. you're an F2 driver, the podium for Formula Two. Let's say either the sprint or feature. You could just okay. mix them. Okay. So, yeah. Um, okay. So Formula One, I am going to say Verstappen, Perez. So P1, P2, and P3. Gonna go with science. Science? Okay. Yeah. Ferrari, Ferrari he, he needs a good weekend. They, they, they need, need a, a good, good weekend. weekend. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I yeah I kind of. I don't know. I, I have a good feeling maybe about science. Maybe Carlos okay. can can do it. And then in F two. F two is really harder for me to be objective, uh, obviously. Um, but uh, <laughs> I was going to say you have to put yourself at first, right? <laughs> I mean, I, mean I, I sort of feel like I should, but objectively, I think other people have a better chance of winning at the moment than, than I do. You know, it's true. I'm I'm still working on on uh, on my stuff. So, I mean, man, I think okay. I, I think. Who are the drivers in high tech? Um, Crawford and uh, Hadra. No, but they're still they're rookies. Because high tech is very strong usually F two yeah. in, in in Baku. No, I'm, I'm probably gonna go with um, Porsche. Mm-hmm. Porsche Iwaza, and. Um, I'm going to give you two scenarios. Boucheri was a <laughs> P3 is going to be probably Boshu. Okay. And then another scenario is going to be me P1, Richard P2. And uh, P3, we're going to have uh, Darubala. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I- I'm going to, for Formula One, I'm going to say Perez. I'm a massive Perez fan. So I'm going to put Perez on the podium, which I probably shouldn't do because the entire year so far, I've been like reverse jinxing Perez where I've been like Perez is going to finish sixth just so hopefully he gets a win. Yeah. I'm going to change that. So Perez P1. Okay. I'm going to say Max has a bit of a struggle of a weekend. So I'm going to put Max P3 and I'm going to say Alonso P2 because I think Alonso's had three P3s now. He needs a P2. Um, You know what? I forgot about Alonso. But isn't it insane that Aston Martin were like they're like the second fastest team now? My gosh, which is just Alonso, isn't that insane? No, I'll stick with my I'll stick with my predictions, <laughs> but uh, yeah, now it's too late. Yeah, no, it's fine. Imagine if Alonso wins the 2024 championship, how, how just incredible would that be? Oh, you're thinking about 24 already? Well, I'm just thinking because I was just thinking yeah. to myself, I'm talking to you, right? So you've had this recovery, you've come back, right? Imagine if next year you win F2. Right, you get on top of things, win F two, and Alonso wins F one. That would be like one of those years where you're like, okay, so we had a guy who was in a crazy crash, recovered, came back and won the championship, and we had Alonso who was fighting for a championship for almost two decades and finally won. Yeah, that that would be <laughs> that great. would be a fun year. It would be a historical year. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to say Perez, uh, yeah, Perez, Alonso, and Max. I'm going to say Max has a difficult weekend. Max P three, okay. 
Yeah, I'm going to say he has a difficult weekend, something happens, but even a bad weekend for Max, I think it'd be a P3, right? That's what I'm going to go with. I think a bad weekend with Max, he would probably still, still win. Still a P1. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, for me, he's either, like, P1 or DNF, you know? That, that's sort of... Theoretically, theoretically, yes, you're right. But if I do that, that's a boring prediction. So I'm going to... No, I know, you, go you have to spice it up. I get that, I get that. Yeah. Okay. As for Formula 2... I'm not going to jinx you, so I'm not going to put you P1. I'm going to say I was a P1. Yeah. I have to be nice. You're on the podcast. I'm going to say you repeat Baku and end up with a P2. You don't you have, have to be nice. It. It's okay. Yeah, just, I do. Just go with your I gut. Do. Nah. No, but I think like F2, it's been a weird season. We've had some messed up podiums. As you said, there's 10 people on the podium already. 10 different ones, yeah. Yeah, so there's no reason no reason why you can't be. So let's do that. No, I, I was a... I was a what was your name again? Iwasa Korea. <laughs> uh, who am I going to put P3? Mm, I think Martins P3. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, That's a good point. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll take that. Then you get, I'll take that. Yeah, I'll take that. Man, it's been amazing uh, coming up on the hour now. So we'll finish it off there. But obviously, uh, before you go, where, where can people find you? What's your kind of social stuff that you're doing? outside of racing i'm everywhere um <laughs> i'm everywhere instagram youtube tiktok uh, twitter yeah I, I have a great team with with me so check out my all my socials uh, we're posting quite a bit of cool content on youtube so if people want to have like a bit of the behind the scenes and, and more of like the day-to-day -day stuff that nobody really sees I have a YouTube channel with, with my name and you can see really cool stuff there. So check that out and uh, yeah, follow me on, on, on socials and keep up with the season. Cool. And I'll, uh, I'll make sure to put all those links in the description below. So make sure to go follow and subscribe. Uh, Juan, it's been amazing, man. It was really fun. Thank you. Yeah, really cool. And uh, thanks for having me. Thanks. Bye, everybody. See you soon. Oh, subscribe. Yeah, as well. Do like whatever it is. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah, do that.